Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. They're gearing up for the Christmas season in Banff in the coming weeks. So in a few moments, we'll visit the newly rebranded Canalta Lodge in Banff to check out what's going on out there and what kind of changes they've made. Then we'll chat with travel writer and blogger Paula Worthington, who's a regular guest on the show, about her recent tour to Churchill, Manitoba, the polar bear capital of the world. But I want to begin our podcast this week talking about wellness tours. We've all heard of them, but what are they really? And what should you look for so you get the most for your money? So to help us out, we're joined now by Simon Ma. He's the brand manager for Active Wellness and Classic for G Adventures. Their website is gadventures.com. Hi, Simon. Hey, Randy. How's it going? It's going well. Uh, you know, I think we all have an idea of what uh, wellness tours are or what might be. So what is your definition of what a, a wellness tour is? For me, the idea of a wellness tour really is about a slower pace of traveling. Um, we certainly would like to invite travelers to sort of just take a few minutes out of their day and just appreciate, you know, everything that's around them, um, our planet, but more importantly, um, ourselves, and that's both body and mind. Um, so our wellness tour is designed to really transform people uh, from that aspect and just being able to take some time and appreciate everything that's around you. Well, stop and smell the roses kind of idea, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so what should a good wellness tour include that? I know you talked a little bit briefly in your definition there, but yeah. uh, blending the uh, mind and the body and the soul and all that together, what should we look <laughs> for as far as details into what a, a wellness tour should include? So the way we have defined our wellness tours, uh, we sort of are looking at it from three different angles. Uh, we call them the brand pillars, if you would. Um, so they are mindfulness, movement, and nourishment. Um, so under mindfulness, we're kind of talking about the, you know, the option for you to do a little bit of meditation. Uh, you can do intention setting before uh, any kind of yoga activity that you choose to participate in. Um, and then a slower pace of travel, so spending uh, anywhere from two to three nights per location. Um, so that sort of uh, gives you sort of a top-line idea of what uh, mindfulness uh, is sort of described as. And then under movement, we're really looking for wellness-inspired uh, activity. So within our, our 10 destinations, uh, within each destination, there are specific um, activities that you can take on, um, such as doing paddleboard yoga in Colombia, or you can bike along the rice field in Bali. Um, so scenarios like that where it's not only about doing yoga and setting your attention, but it's also about stimulating your body. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then the, and then the last thing I would describe uh, our wellness tour from the third angle would be uh, nourishment. So here we're really putting an important and an emphasis on food um, as part of the whole travel experience and not just like a service or an add-on. Um, so anything from healthy food options, juice tasting, um, healthy breakfast options will be available. Um, and uh, also places that are sort of unique, like Iceland, um, you get to participate in a, in a bread baking uh, activity in a geothermal um, offering. So that's super cool. <laughs> so, so what is the goal for many people that go on a wellness tour? Is it to get them started or is it to keep them going already in something that they might be doing? What, do, what are some of the things that people look for in themselves and, and to take out of a wellness tour? 
I think um, one of the, the, the key takeaway on our wellness tour is uh, to think about the ability to transform yourself pre and post trip. Um, a lot of the customers that we are anticipating, I believe, um, are aware of wellness. Uh, they are current, uh, currently practicing wellness of all levels, not just, you know, yogis or professional um, athletes or anything like that. Um, so it's really accessible for everybody who are either interested in getting to know more about wellness or just want to maintain their current lifestyle um, of what they define as wellness. Mm-hmm. So someone's getting um, just started into maybe uh, wanting to make themselves feel better, get more fit. They don't have to be intimidated by a wellness tour by the other people on the tour, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's why our intention setting ceremonies and uh, our meditations are all uh, optional. And all of our yoga activities are designed to suit everyone of all levels. And is, is wellness the, the main, like, I don't want to say the main focus, like the 100% focus? Or do you also take in other considerations when you're in some of your destinations? I think wellness, the way that we sort of look at from all three angles, will be the focus 100%. Um, in addition to, you know, the three things that I had mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, another cool thing that sort of speak to, um, to that would be being able to participate in these authentic uh, cultural rituals. So in Bali, for example, travelers will be able to take part in this purification bath. Um, they can also participate in a light ceremony in India. So these are just some of the unique experiences that I think we offer at the Competitive Edge that no one else is really doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask that uh, in my next question. What is, uh, how is a G Adventure wellness tour different from other tours? And I think you touched on it a bit, but I guess it's mm-hmm. a great way, uh, depending on what the destination is, to immerse yourself in their culture and feel a little better when you're done the tour, right? Absolutely, and that's what G is all about. So even with our wellness tour, although it's a it's a, it's a little bit uh, specific when it comes to life, our the lifestyle, but we also want to make sure that it fits within the overall G brand, and that is to have that local, authentic experiences. So everything from food to accommodation to these rituals are all sort of. Uh, put together with that in mind. Mm -hmm. And with so many destinations, I would assume you could do these all year round. There's nothing seasonal about a wellness tour, right? You got it. Uh, People can find out more on their uh, website, gadventures.com. Simon Ma is the uh, brand manager for Active Wellness and Classic for G Adventures. Again, uh, the website, gadventures.com. Look under the tab, Wellness Tours, and there's a whole list there to help you out. Uh, Thanks for your insight, Simon. I do appreciate it. No problems. Great talking with you. Well, they're getting ready for the Christmas season in Banff in the coming weeks, and one accommodation option is the newly rebranded Canalta Lodge in Banff. So to check out what's going on there and what kind of changes they've made, we have Ryan Semchuk on the phone. He's the marketing manager for the Canalta Lodge in Banff. Their website is canaltalodge.com. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Randy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Give me some background on the uh, Canalta brand in general. I hear it's quite a, quite a story. Yeah, you know what? We uh, we consider ourselves uh, um, um, a family company, but we're you know pretty pretty large company. We've got forty over forty four hotels that span across Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. And the interesting thing, Randy, is we're actually uh, based in Drumheller, Alberta. So, uh, small little town uh, is where the family is from the area, and we just uh, love having ho- the hotels 
uh, across the three provinces, mostly in small and medium markets. But uh, just recently, as as you know, we're talking about today, we have a new property in Banff, Alberta, that we're extremely excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the Canalta Lodge. So uh, what would people recognize? What was it formerly? It's not a brand new building, right? Correct. So uh, it was a, a, a property that we purchased. So uh, previously to being rebranded and renovated, it was called the Spruce Grove Inn. Um, uh, it was right on Banff Avenue, sort of right as you first come into Banff on the right-hand side of the road. And we uh, purchased uh, it along with actually the property beside it and uh, decided to start the renovation and get the Canelta Lodge brand uh, up and running in the Banff market. Mm-hmm. So what will people notice then? Uh, what's new, I guess? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you probably, if you've been in the Spruce Grove before, which many people have back in the day of, uh, you know, going out to Banff for ski, ski season and that sort of thing, um, the hotel is completely different. We uh, did a full floor-by-floor renovation uh, with a sort of a new modern-esque type style of lodge. So it's a little bit different than your typical Banff Hotel. We don't have antlers everywhere. It's not <laughs> big uh, cedar posts or anything like that. Um, it's more of a modern rustic style of hotel. Uh, we recently just had our backyard um, kind of opened up in the out- exterior courtyard. So we've got uh, some wonderful new hot tubs out there. We've got a really cool Nordic cold plunge tub where if you're up for that type of challenge, you can <laughs> dunk yourself in some extremely cold water. We've got the barrel side saunas out there. So that adds a really cool environment to the outside. And then the hotel itself, um, we've got a variety of kind of room types available, which is, which is kind of cool. We've got, uh, you know, your standard double queen, single king um, type of standard rooms. But then we have a variety of other rooms that can actually uh, kind of accommodate a wide variety of, um, of, of different customers. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a family or a group, we've got uh, loft-style rooms with full kitchenettes, balconies, fireplaces, um, and they can some of them can actually sleep up to 8 to 10 people, depending on uh, what style of room you go with. So nice. Lots of, lots of options, yeah. yeah. Is that what you're finding people are, are looking for, is that kind of variety, and especially the type where there is... You know, more of a, almost like a small apartment kind of thing where they can sleep to six to eight people, especially with larger families or if you have uh, groups that are going skiing and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that not every hotel in Banff has, um, and we've heard it a lot, uh, especially with the families that are coming out to ski for a weekend, um, that type of thing, uh, larger groups, exactly that. You can uh, get everybody into one or maybe two rooms, have sort of your mini home away from home at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it gives people a lot of options to either uh, cook in their own uh, room or go out and enjoy some of the restaurants in Banff and, and things like that, right? Exactly. exactly. Uh, so you mentioned ski season is, uh, well, it's probably, uh, if it hasn't begun, it's about to begin. And yeah. uh, so, so skiing is obviously a popular uh, thing for people to do. What other activities do for people that may, uh, you know, not in, not indulge in the ski season, but still want to enjoy Banff? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that Banff has. There's, there's kind of a little bit for everybody and anybody. I mean, if you're just in for hanging out and checking out the downtown, the shopping core is, is amazing. The businesses down there, huge selection, obviously. You can spend a, a whole afternoon just downtown Banff checking out all the different shops. 
you got all the other tourist sort of uh, attractions that are sort of the go-tos, the uh, Marmot Basin, uh, the Hot Springs. You've got, uh, even at Norquay, they've got a tubing park. So if you're not into skiing, but you still want to get out and have some fun, you can do that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, there's literally probably anything for anybody to do out there. Uh, they've got a great uh, arts and Commons center where they've always got concerts and different theater events going on. So, I mean, it's a very vibrant community and we love just being a part of it and having people come check it out. Mm-hmm. And for those who are ski enthusiasts, uh, I understand you partnered with uh, Ski Big 3 as well now. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Sunshine, I believe, opened last Friday. We're going to be seeing Lake Louise open uh, coming up this week. And yeah, we've, we've partnered up with the ski at the Big tree resorts we've got some amazing deals uh, with some discounted packages with room and lift tickets and that sort of thing uh, we also offer a shuttle service right from the hotel to the ski hills so we make it as easy as we can for everybody what kind of amenities do you offer as far as uh, for your guests yeah so um, quite a few things uh, i think our big thing that we pride ourselves in is our breakfast offering it's a free slash complimentary breakfast it's a full hot kind of deluxe breakfast we offer your, you know, your standard bacon, eggs, sausage, pancakes. Uh, we've got all sorts of to-go options uh, for guys that want some of the healthier options. Things like overnight oats and chia seed pudding. We've got all your normals, your breads, your cereals, your toast, your bagels, uh, all your fresh fruits, all of that sort of thing. So it's not your typical continental breakfast. You're yeah. Doing a, a full buffet-style breakfast from a restaurant, which is really good. It's included with, uh, with the cost of your room. Obviously, you have access to the uh, exterior courtyard. We've got a wonderful little um, coffee shop in there called the Happy Camper, where we uh, offer our own uh, javas and cappuccinos and all the all the warm drinks uh, to help warm you up. Mm-hmm. And the other cool thing about our hotel, um, and actually all of our Canel hotels, is we're also pet friendly. Uh, which is very big these days. People love taking their animals along with their holidays. Tell me uh, a little bit about this uh, complimentary campfire or the thing that's going on in the, your fire pits that you have going on. Yeah, you betcha. So uh, out in our exterior courtyard, we've got some uh, gas fire pits, and there's actually a barbecue area there if you ever wanted to uh, just have a barbecue out in the courtyard. But with the fire pits, we've actually got an on-site s'more service. So if you're outside uh, in the courtyard, you, you want to have some s'mores, you can actually pick up the phone out in the courtyard, call the front desk, and our wonderful guest service agents will deliver deliver a s'mores pack complimentary out to you and your family at the uh, at the fire pit. So very kind of nice. A, just a little added service that we like to do for the guests. Yeah, there. no kidding. Well, Christmas is uh, not that far off. I imagine uh, not just yourselves, but the town of Amp is is gearing up for that too, right? It is, yeah. Um, actually, uh, this weekend is the, the BAMPS parade for the for sort of the kickoff of Christmas season. Of course, Black Friday coming up at the end of the month and then right into full Christmas mode. So they are, uh, I think for a couple weeks now, BAMPS has been ready for Christmas. <laughs> All it takes is a little bit of snow and it already looks like Christmas there, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so give me a, some insight of, of uh, what kind of events coming up. I know we just talked about Christmas and obviously that's coming around, but uh, any uh, events coming into the town that people should be aware of uh, maybe in the new year? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the best place to do it, because uh, this is one thing about BAMP, there's so much to do to try and even name everything off. It's it's unbelievable. So I got to give kudos to Banff Tourism. Um, they've got a great website that's put together that sort of breaks down the categories and the types of events coming down. So if you're an adventure explorer looking for something to do, you're more into arts and culture, sort of whatever it is, they've got an amazing list. 
um, you know, just off the top of my head, there's a whole bunch of really cool conferences coming through town. Uh, we've got the Christmas events happening, all the ski pieces, um, even regular things. There's uh, cross-country skiing going on, regular yoga groups, all sorts of sort of mini pieces happening on a regular basis in the community. So, I mean, there's no shortage of things to do. You're quite right. All us, uh, lots to do in Banff, and uh, one place to stay will be the Canalta Lodge. The website, again, is canaltalodge.com, and the marketing manager for the uh, Canalta Lodge is Ryan Simchuk. Uh, appreciate your, insu- er, your insight, Ryan. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Randy. Have a great day. Well, travel writer and blogger Paula Worthington is a regular guest on the show, and she recently traveled to Churchill, Manitoba, the polar bear capital of the world. And Paula's here now to share her adventure. Hi, Paula. Hello there. Churchill, Manitoba, polar bear capital of the world. Have you been there before? This was my first time. And one of these days, I'm going to go travel somewhere warm, but there's a lot of (laughs) great cold destinations that I've needed to see. And this was uh, definitely one of one that's up there that I'll I'll never, ever forget. Well, I think uh, a lot of people would say that, that uh, visiting Churchill to, uh, they call it the polar bear capital of the world, for good reason. Uh, That's a bucket list item to get uh, up close and personal with the polar bears. How up close and personal did you get? Well, you can get pretty close uh, from the safety of a tundra buggy, which are these kind of custom-built, almost look like those glacier crawler-type vehicles Mm -hmm. that... Um, you go out onto the tundra, and, and there's a special permitting um, in the wildlife management area. And I had the opportunity to go up with a group called Polar Bears International, which is doing a ton of leading research on polar bears. And they actually have kind of a, a lab on wheels that they call Buggy Number One. And um, and so I had a chance to go up with and experience that with some of the scientists. And they actually have. Um, a live polar bear cam mounted to the side of the tundra buggy. So uh, if you can't get up to Churchill or if you've been and you come back and you miss those polar bears, you can go to their website and you can actually any time of day log on and kind of see what they're looking at. And and I have logged on and it's interesting because even, even if there isn't a bear right there on the camera, it's so incredible and interesting just to see the, the tundra and what it looks like and how the weather affects it and kind of take yourself back there so mm-hmm. yeah so what's the website uh you can you can find it through the polar bears international website okay and you can also go to explore.org and they have the links to those live webcams as well okay well that looks exciting so tell me this was this is a little different uh traveling with this group than it would be for the average person doing a tour yeah. though right in some ways, yeah. I mean, I went through a lot of the same steps that most people would go through. Um, you fly, typically fly from Winnipeg up to Churchill. Um, it's interesting, uh, we were on a, a 737 plane, and um, they load you at the back, which is a bit odd for uh, a plane passenger. Mm-hmm. But the front half of the plane is reserved for cargo. So that kind of shows, you know, the, the importance up there of, of making sure that um, materials and groceries and food and equipment gets brought up to Churchill, and then the back half of the, of the plane, very comfortable, great service, uh, is reserved for uh, human passengers. So <laughs> uh, 
Um, of course, they, they do have the rail line coming back. So that will be another option to get up to Churchill would be to take the train. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, uh, they've had some track repairs and they just ran a test locomotive through there. I know it was a big news uh, probably in the last few weeks that that's happened. And I think that um, the service is going to be starting up again really soon. So by plane or by rail, but um, there's no roads up there. So it, those are your only options. So how long of a flight does it take? It's about it's about an hour and a half to two hours okay. from Winnipeg, so it's about twelve hundred kilometers north of Winnipeg, and it's on the um, kind of northwestern shore of Hudson Bay. So if you look at the map, there's kind of that part of Manitoba that sticks out, and it's um, it's it's in a beautiful spot right where the Churchill River, which is massive river, um, the Churchill River meets Hudson Bay, and of course the polar bears congregate in that area at this time of year because they're waiting for the ice to come in. So they've been surviving off their fat reserves over the summer and uh, they're ready to eat again. And so they're, they're hanging out They're mm-hmm. um, They're spending time there as the ice starts to come in, they'll go out to the ice and back into land a little bit. Um, but there is, you do have to take precaution even in town um, when you're walking around because, uh, because they, they kind of make their way through town and in the wildlife area. And, um, you know, obviously it's a very safe experience. You just need to follow the right, the right advice, but mm. uh, super thrilling to be um, within eyeshot of these unbelievable creatures. No kidding. Uh, so <laughs> it's just so, so sort of weird that they, their lifestyle seems to me the opposite of normal bears where yeah. they fatten up during the summer and then, you know, do nothing over the winter and the polar bears do nothing over the summer and then fatten up over the winter, it seems. It's right. That's exactly it. And they, um, you know, they're, they're hunting seals predominantly. So they're out on the ice and, and, and they're marine animals. They can swim and, and they hang out by these uh, breathe holes that the seals make. And, and that's really their sustenance for the year. And having those fat reserves are really important for the bears because um, they don't eat much over the summer. Somebody was saying, you know, they might eat a few berries and some rodents, but that's basically kind of like eating Tic Tacs all summer. And you want to get back to a real meal uh, when the ice comes in. So there's a lot of conservation efforts around, you know, the, the importance of, of the sea ice, because if, if, it, um, if it comes in too late or breaks up too early, then that limits how, how often those bears get to eat. And of course, you know, when you, when you see them, um, you know, they're, they're incredible. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's almost like Canada's own kind of you go on these epic safaris to Africa and, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we have that here and they're doing it in a really responsible uh, manner. And, uh, and, and it's just really cool to, you know, like I said, to see the bears, but also the chance to see red foxes, Arctic foxes, and, and just kind of seeing what the tundra looks like. Cause it's, it covers a, the tundra is a huge part of Canada and a lot of us um, don't know it very well. And so I think, you know me, I'm always encouraging people to, to get out and, and explore these far reaches of our country, too. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a small window of opportunity, though, to see the bears, yeah. is it not, though? It is. So generally, uh, you know, generally they're congregating, I'll call it, in, in October, November. But um, a lot of people now are visiting Churchill throughout the year, um, even once the polar bears go out onto the ice. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't see a polar bear. Um, but they also have incredible um, northern lights viewing in the winter months. Um, in the summertime, you can go out, you can kayak and snorkel with the beluga whales. They have a massive migration of beluga whales into Hudson Bay in the summertime. So it's, uh, the, the polar bears are certainly the draw, but um, Churchill is, is 
starting to position itself well as kind of a four-season destination, depending on the type of experience and adventure you want to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the town like itself? You mentioned it's becoming a little bit uh, more open for tourism year-round. So what's, what's, yeah. what's the town like and what are the people like? People are awesome. Um, really friendly. Uh, actually had some really great, great food, great meals, nice, nice hot meals at the end of a cold day. Um, the town has about 900 people there. So it's, it's not a huge place. Uh, you can kind of, you can walk around it really quickly. And of course, you know, at this time of year, you take caution walking around. You keep your eyes open and your eyes peeled. Um, in polar bear season, people, they don't lock their cars. They don't lock their houses. But if you, if you do see a bear, you know, there's a phone number you can call. And, and if you need to, you can just duck into somebody's car because that's, um, you know, that that's their migration path. So they don't want to get in the polar bear's way, but, you know, you have to try and, and live together in harmony. So that's kind of an interesting, um, experience to be in a place where, you know, it's kind of like how you might maybe see some elk in Banff, but yeah. it's, it's polar bears, so it's a, it's a little, it's a, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. So you can get up close and personal, not necessarily that you'd really want to, and on purpose. You, accidentally, right. you just might come around a corner, and there might be a bear. There could be it, and they do have, you know, they do have a patrol um, that you know that if there is a bear in town, that you can call a number and they come, and you know they make sure that the bear has its space and and people aren't. Um, aren't uh, getting themselves in a situation. So they've got mm-hmm. it really worked out. And, um, and they actually have on the tundra too, for in terms of up close and personal, they have a, a tundra lodge, which are kind of these locked together, different vehicles. And you can go out and stay there and have your meals there and <laughs> your tundra buggy docks up to it. And, you know, you could conceivably wake up in your bunk and look out the window and there could be polar bears right outside your window. So, so that's another opportunity. If you, if you don't do the day trip, you can go and, and stay over. And, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's, it is a bucket experience. And, um, you know, it certainly for me drew a lot of awareness about conservation efforts and, and, you know, how important it is for us to kind of keep these, these sea ice ecosystems Mm -hmm. intact so that, you know, we've got, we've got this experience, for years and years to come because I think, you know, for a lot of people being in natural environments and seeing wildlife is is one of the most memorable ways and things you can do when you travel. Well, you make a good point. Uh, People go to Africa for safaris to see uh, all kinds of wildlife. It's right here in our backyard, even though our backyard may be 1,200 miles north of of Winnipeg, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but it's but it's uh, a lot closer and it's uh, very interesting. Um, your website is wanderswild.com. Paula Worthington is a travel writer and blogger, and uh, the place is the polar bear capital of the world. Lots of different ways uh, to see it and view it, right, Paula? You bet. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.